For the past eight years, EcoRise Youth Innovations has been helping students recognize they can make an impact on their environment. In this podcast with Jonathan Stock, Deputy Director with EcoRise Youth Innovations, we discuss the importance of introducing eco-literacy and sustainability topics across the curriculum. Jonathan talks about giving students hands-on experience with projects that directly affect their schools and communities, give students experience with potential career paths they may not have otherwise explored. Welcome to the MBS Direct podcast, where we talk with some of our partners who are doing interesting things with content and education. I'm Carrie Watkins, the Senior Digital Consultant with MBS Direct, and today we are talking with Jonathan Stott, the Deputy Director of EcoRise Youth Innovations. Thank you for joining us, Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me. So EcoRise is a really interesting company. You've got a very specific mission that you guys are on. Can you tell me a little bit about EcoRise and what you're doing uh, around sustainability? Sure. So our mission is to inspire a new generation of green leadership. Um, And so what we're doing is really uh, working with students by connecting with teachers globally at schools from Austin to Boston um, to have them basically to have their students challenged to uh, design uh, a more sustainable world. And so what that means for us is students engaging with environmental challenges and waste and water and energy and food, coming up ultimately with open-ended capstone projects that make a significant impact in their community, on their campus, in one of those areas. And so when we work with schools, uh, we provide a mix of professional development, uh, we provide a standards-aligned uh, sustainability curriculum uh, that's heavy on the design process as well, and then we ultimately facilitate connections to students between students and mentors. So as they're coming up with these capstone projects, they're really engaging with an authentic audience and also getting real expert, you know, experts to lend their, their suggestions and feedback as students go through that design process and create those projects. So you provide a full curriculum, and that's not just the design prompts, but really the full professional development, assessment, really anything that a teacher might need in order to lead a sustainability conversation with their students. Yeah, exactly. We have a a very comprehensive K-12 sustainability curriculum. It's called Sustainable Intelligence. It builds students' eco-literacy across seven distinct eco-themes, and that's waste, energy, water, food, transportation, air quality, and public spaces. And so so really that gets students thinking about you know the campus from the perspective of energy or water and starts getting them kind of engaged with those issues and then we also layer in a separate design studio curriculum that takes students through the creative problem-solving process so that they can come up with a, a kind of open-ended project of impact that's what we call a capstone project so it's kind of uh, very much scaffolded it's available in two different languages right now English and Spanish and it allows a school to kind of do sustainability all the way from kindergarten through 12th grade it's very intentionally built with specific learning modalities in mind so students are kind of progressing through their knowledge over time and cultivating what we call their sustainable intelligence. So you mentioned a term just a minute ago, eco-literacy. I know different types of literacies are really at the forefront, a lot of different conversations. What do you mean eco-literacy? To me, it's two things. One, it's an awareness of how you as a person are using the resources around you. Take water, for example. How am I engaging on a daily basis with water? But it's also understanding, you know, the relationship of those resources and how they can impact your ability as an individual to thrive on the planet. It's having that connection, that larger connection, I think, with an awareness of those different eco areas for us. Um, and then I think it's, to me, it's there's an action component too. You know, so it's not just that I'm aware of, you know, the water footprint on my campus, how much water we're using. Um, when I go home, how much water I'm using. But then 
that awareness spurs action, right? And so it encourages students to start thinking critically about their own choices and saying, well, can I change my specific behaviors, you know, when I go home? What can I do? How can I educate my family to really look at our water bill and make a difference? And students get, we have what we call a personal water audit. It kind of kicks that whole process off for our students. And then they come back to the campus and they share that with their class and their teacher. And, and that's kind of the precursor to a larger campus water audit and where students are actually going through the campus and looking at their utility bills and also yeah, doing some kind of using, doing some preventary calculations in the bathroom, in the cafeteria, looking at where the campus is using water uh, and how they can reduce that. And ultimately, the idea there is that students then do something with the data that they collect. So they're actually saying, okay, well, now I've seen what we're doing. I've seen areas that we're uh, really doing well in, but I've also seen areas where we can improve as a community. And what can we do? And that's when students create those, those large kind of signature projects. You know, we had a student put in aerators and get a grant for an aerator project at Austin High School, and it resulted in significant environmental savings. Really simple project, but a significant savings for that campus. So obviously there's some alignment in the sciences, biology, uh, environmental science, but how are you seeing faculty use your curriculum cross-curricularly? We'll have a, a professional development module for schools that are doing PBL, which really is a framework to help teams of teachers, you know, interdisciplinary teams come together and create an authentic project which incorporates our approaches and so it incorporates perhaps our eco audit and our grants program because that's a really great authentic project for those kinds of things so that's that's kind of one way to do it all of our curriculum includes all of our kind of sustainable intelligence lessons will include specific um, suggestions for making a lesson cross-disciplinary and so there'll be an ela extension for example there'll be an often there's even an arts extension as well and so that's that's another way like our lessons are written while they're a great fit for science teachers i mean they're definitely they're aligned to NGSS science standards. They're a great fit for AP environmental science teachers at high school, environmental systems. We've got a separate curriculum that's just for biology, chemistry, and physics teachers. But with all that said, I think about 30% of our teachers are not science teachers and are using the curriculum in math classes, in ELA, in ELA classes, and so forth. And how long has EcoRise been doing this? We're still pretty young. We've been around uh, for about eight years now. Uh, so when I joined EcoRise four years ago, we served about seven schools, literally seven schools in, in East Austin, which is kind of a, one of the more challenging communities or at-risk communities in Austin. And we there the demand for our programming was well beyond our capacity to go into schools and provide it. I'm a former teacher. You know, I just we just couldn't go out to school and actually do the facilitation of this programming. So we transitioned to a train-to-teacher model about four years ago, and that allowed us to, you know, obviously rapidly expand uh, to 215 schools today where we're able to provide that professional development either through face-to-face facilitated training, and we do that a bunch in the Northeast and also across the state of Texas, but also through an online. We have a uh, move to this year uh, online e-training for our teachers and it's, it's going really well which allows us to serve schools from Wisconsin to Florida and we actually just got a school from Kenya that was trained uh, and is up and running about a week and a half ago so that's kind of been the evolution for us is is helping well I guess the first thing is getting schools to be able to access our stuff and really implement at a high level using online learning but the next step for us is actually facilitating bridging between different communities uh, teachers and students from you know Mexico City to New York City so that students who are working on a monarch project Austin can talk to students who are in Mexico and learn about the migration for example you know we're just trying to find ways to do that and leverage technology to help those kinds of things having been doing this for eight years you've probably seen a lot of schools really grow with this curriculum what are some of the results that you've seen uh, from schools that have adopted this? I mean, the results have been have really phenomenal. I will say that for us, you know, we develop deep relationships with the schools that we serve. And so we see, uh, you know, 
and we talk to our teachers and say, you know, in the first year, let's let's not bite off more than you can chew. Let's let's take this step by step. But three, four years in, you find that schools are adopting this really as a school-wide approach to greening their curriculum. And the results are, are phenomenal because you get students who, you get teachers to internalize the program. Ultimately, you get students who internalize this. And you have, what I really like, some of our schools do these things. They're like legacy projects. They're, you know, elementary schools might do it the last year in elementary, say fifth grade, for example, or a middle school might do it as an eighth grade year. And it's kind of the challenge to students is what is your legacy for our campus community? What are you going to leave, you know, as your as your footprint here on our campus? And so this is where students go out and um, through our eco audit program, our eco audit curriculum, and our what we call our student innovation fund. Uh, this is a national uh, pot of funds that we are able to award. Uh, they're basically micro grants, small amounts of dollars, five hundred dollars or less generally, uh, to student design sustainability projects. And so it allows students to really be in the driver's seat of actually coming up with a project, writing a grant proposal, or submitting a video submission and getting funds during the academic year to then go out and implement that project on campus. And so that's what we see. Our schools that are with us for years, they, they really internalize this and it's a big part uh, of their campus culture is having students go through this eco audit and come up with those projects and ultimately bring funds back to the school for these student design projects. And it could be a three-bay composting system. It could be we had a school do an energy audit and create energy solar charging stations last year. You know, I think that's that's a really great experience because the students have incredible ownership over their work because the students are connecting with real professionals and showcasing their work back to real authentic audiences. They're actually bringing money back to their campus for these projects. And the coolest thing is when you aggregate all these projects nationally at the end of the year, we see that they actually have not only a significant kind of fun, uh, environmental benefit to the districts that they're in, so we're able to see, okay, what are the energy reduction after all the energy projects across our sites? But they also have an immediate cost savings benefit to the schools and to the districts, which is really cool because students can then take that back to their superintendent, take that back to their head of school and say, you know, I, with the support of my teacher and classmates, have single-handedly you know, reduced our carbon footprint and reduced our energy consumption and whatnot. Obviously, the, the primary issue that you guys work around is the sustainability element. When EcoRise was first getting founded, what problem were you trying to solve, and has that changed over the last eight years? We're really created in response to, I think, two major and linked crises, our planetary crises, which, you know, is getting more apparent each year, um, and our education crises, uh, where you have massive achievement gaps, both in the U.S. and abroad. And ultimately, and I, and I come from a background in public education and urban education and uh, have seen a, a couple of different schools and do this different ways, but ultimately, you've got a growing group of students who are going to schools that privilege rote memorization and test-taking and a whole onslaught of interest assessments, really privileging that over critical thinking authentic projects. Our program is really getting at both these things. It's, it's building eco-literacy. It's getting students thinking about the world around them. It's supporting them and actually engaging with their community and making real change and seeing themselves as leaders, empowered leaders. Students, you know, one thing that we try to do is facilitate connections to green professionals because it's a growing career field that will continue to be so. So students are getting introduced to um, green sustainable jobs and many of them are then excited to pursue careers in that direction and so we're really I think really approaching both the environmental crisis and the education crisis simultaneously and I think I think our programs is really a I think the skepticism of science the skepticism of ex experts the skepticism of real news is, is deeply concerning and I think you need to educate students who can take a critical look at sources and a critical look at the world around them and I think we're doing that. I like this example of our public spaces eco theme. 
you know, that's not a hard science eco theme, the alignment to some of the hard science and it's just less of that, obviously. But what's really interesting is you get students engaged with issues in public space and they start looking at their courtyards or the small spaces if they're more urban environment on their campus and they start saying, how are we using these spaces and how are they creating or not creating a sense of community, especially at our schools that are more economically disadvantaged. You have students for the first time learning about something like landscape design and landscape architecture, which in cities like, you know, you got New York City and Austin, you got rapidly growing cities where landscape design, landscape architecture and public space design is a growing field. It will continue to be so. Students for the first time are learning about this as a potential career opportunity. And uh, just because they go through the process of doing a public space audit and doing, a, you know, we were at a, a school in school in Texas where they did a courtyard revitalization project and put in a permaculture installation in that courtyard. But a lot of the students after going through that project and working with landscape designers are like, that's what I want to do. One of them actually got a scholarship that was offered by uh, Latinos in Architecture in Austin and they and offered a scholarship to a student to then go out and study that for college. So we see this sustainability like career field. We see it very, it's a very broad growing field. And so we definitely want to have students engaged and interested in in it. So we've talked about experiential learning, uh, project-based design, and then of course the whole sustainability focus as well. What do you think is the most interesting thing happening in education right now? I think what's happening with e-learning is, and and the integration of technology in a classroom is super interesting. I was teaching and when I was working in uh, secondary schools, that point this is about six years ago, we were trying to figure out what was happening with technology and it was, I don't think we were fully leveraging it. I guess you almost saw it potentially as a threat to uh, students being on point in the classroom. And all of a sudden we're saying, wait a second, like how can we now use technology to engage students, to get them engaged with these projects? And so, you know, looking at things like e-portfolios and having students design, we were an EL school, so we did a lot with passage portfolios, but now you can have students actually creating, using technology, using their smartphones to build their portfolios in real time. I think that's pretty exciting. You know, one thing that we're doing organizationally is we're partnering with a for-profit company. We're a nonprofit, but we're partnering with a for-profit company it facilitates basically video conferencing between green and STEM professionals and students and teachers. And it's, it's a pretty neat tool. It's called NEPRIS. And, you know, then it lets students interact in real time with a STEM professional, um, with a soil scientist, for example, and have a real conversation. And actually, they can take out their phones and they can be asking questions with their phones. I don't know. So I think there's a lot of, of interesting things happening around educational technology. And I think schools and teachers need to see it as how can we how can we take advantage of this and get students engaged at a higher level using technology in the classroom um, and from an organizational standpoint one other thing i'll say is that we're doing a lot with with e-learning in our professional development taking our design studio training which we've always done face to face it's a hands-on engaged process where teachers are going through you know from ideation to prototyping to coming up with their final project and sharing it you know over four or five hours in person trying to flip that and say, okay, how can you do that online? Because it's not environmentally friendly for us to be flying to 17 different places in a calendar year. And so how can we bring together, you know, educators in six different states simultaneously for a hands-on design challenge, um, like kind of an immersive experience in going through the design challenge process. We're doing, we're we're working hard at at kind of taking our our current current professional development and making it work in the e-learning space. Well, besides talking with the MBS direct account manager, which uh, any partner school that's interested more than 
welcome to reach out to your account manager to learn more about EcoRise. We've got some great information. Um, how else can schools learn more about EcoRise in your curriculum and your professional development? Probably the, the best way is just going to our website. It's www.ecorise.org. You'll have links uh, to all of our different curriculum suites that we offer to our schools. There'll be information on our professional development, and you can access all of that actually through our e-store there on ecorise.org. But we also have a, a Facebook community. Ecorise Youth on Facebook is a great place to kind of see what we're up to. And then we have a, a number of like internal communities for our teachers and for our schools. And once our schools join, we're able to bring them into like uh, internal social media communities, which is pretty cool too. So that's probably the best way. Well, thank you very much for your time, Jonathan. It was great learning more about Ecorise. Thanks so much, Carrie. Hey guys, thanks for listening. For more information on any of the topics discussed in this podcast or any other questions you have about digital content options, contact your account manager or reach out to me, Carrie Watkins, Senior Digital Consultant, on Twitter at Carrie J. Watkins.